Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Solomon Wilcott, and it is the Believe in Bingo podcast on Valley Sports Ohio. And, of course, I'm joined by a very good friend of mine. He's a columnist, journalist. He is a phenomenal author, and that is the great Bill Roten joining us on the Believe in Bengal podcast. And, Bill, look, first of all, hello, and how you doing? Hey, so it's all good, man. You know, nothing's better than NFL playoffs. I'm not, I'm supposed to say I like it all, but I, I you know, but there's something about football, and uh, I like, I, you know, I like playoffs in general, but the yeah. NFL playoffs, man, are like tremendous. Yeah, there is nothing better. There is no doubt about it. You know, we wanted to talk with you because you wrote a phenomenal article, and it was about the hiring of Gerard Mayo as the next head coach of the New England Patriots, the 15th head coach in Patriot history. And uh, everyone can go to anscape.com to find that article. Uh, but I thought it was significant because you kind of talked about um, the rare black coach who rose through the ranks. And it was really um, eye-opening and some of the things that you touched upon in the article. First, I want to start by just talking about why is this an important story to tell? Well, I think, well, number one, uh, the, the Patriots have never had a black head coach. Mm-hmm. So I think in 2024, when we're still breaking barriers, that's an important story, yeah. uh, particularly in the NFL. You know, when you look at, you know, Sally, we talk about this all the time. In most industries where African-Americans are involved, you know, whether it's the political arena, uh, corporate America, African-Americans are always in the minority. In other words, it's like kind of a, in a minority. The talent pool is kind of on the small side, and all that, where when you look at the NBA and the NFL, the talent pool is enormous. It's enormous, it's yeah. Enormous, and it's been enormous for about since probably like the mid '80s, where exactly. we were like in the so so the talent pool to choose from has been there, mm-hmm. and it's a study, and you have to work really hard to like not let that tool pool of talent percolate into the head coaching front. All you have to work real hard. It's one thing to argue, well, you know, we don't really have the talent pool. I mean, we're trying to get CEO. But in the NFL and NBA, you got to – so yeah. you've got still there like 12 NFL teams that still have never hired a black head coach. I mean, wow. never. So I thought that the fact that New England, the Patriots, followed Bill Belichick by hiring Pierce and the way they did it. The fact Mayo. that yeah, it was Mayo. Uh, what did I say? Uh, well, they, yeah, 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 they 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 hired uh yeah they hired uh, Mayo yeah uh, Gerard Mayo, but the way they did it, they had already uh, earmarked him. They had already agreed it was in his contract. Wow, that he was going to yeah. follow, and that and you know we don't get that treatment. We that's rarely it. that's that's <laughs> usually we're, we're never brought into that meeting. <laughs> you know the yeah, old boys yeah. meeting as as the heir apparent, yeah. particularly following someone like. Bill Belichick, who looms large in that, uh, you know it, Boston's a great sports market town. It's a town of champions. And it's a town that can be very critical if you're not successful. And that's why I wanted to ask you, because um, you interviewed Bob Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, and he told you that he was very intentional about hiring uh, an African-American as his next head coach, in so much that he created a succession plan to to hire Gerard Mayo and uh, he went to important people kind of explain that how he kind of went around the Rooney rule but worked with 
um, with the people who are custodians of that rule to create a kind of different process? Yeah, I think you use the word intentional. And so I had a, a, a lot of respect for him because it was intentional. Right. Uh, although, you know, during the Q&A period, I asked them, you know, them both, what did it mean to have a black head coach? Uh, what did it mean to hire a black coach to craft and to, to um, Mayo? What did it mean to be the head coach? And uh, Kraft said, well, you know, I'm colorblind. I don't see color. You know, I'm colorblind. So, of course, you know, as a brother, you that automatically picks your, perks your ears up. You know, oh, here we go with that kind of stuff. Uh, and then, but, but when it was Mayo's time to speak, he immediately said it straight. He said, well, you know what? I do see color. Because if you don't see color, you can't see racism. Having said that, Kraft put his 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 choice where his uh, where his mouth was, whatever he's whatever he at the end of the day he did the right thing. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. I, and I got what he was saying, but yeah, he actually said he went into business. You have to have a succession plan, mm -hmm. and he was sold on Mayo. Now I thought where you were going with that is that. Um, you know, sorry, man, I'm in Harlem, USA, so you hear the... I hear the sirens. You hear the sirens. It's all the people just... It's, a, you know, it's everyday sounds. We yeah, get, right? It's just one of those. What yeah. you don't hear is something wrong. That's right. Yeah. But, but, but the fact that um, he, you know, th th there is a loophole mm. in the in the Rooney Rule, and you you cleared by the, uh, with the NFL office, and also with the Fritz Pollard Alliance that if you have somebody who you really, really, really want an assistant, mm -hmm. uh, you could put it in their contract and you just let the NFL know in writing that this is who we really want. And, and you, you know, the rule and the Fritz Paul Alliance is okayed it. And there've been a couple instances. So for, 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 for Kraft to think so highly of Mayo yeah. that they did, that was very significant though. I thought where you were going with that is that, yeah, you get the job, you get to be our first, Black head coach. The bad news is that you follow Bill Belichick, you know, <laughs> and, and right. who's won six titles. So, but but yeah, I, I I think and you mentioned in a previous conversation, I think you do have to give Kraft yeah. credit yeah. in that he said, no, we're going to do this. We're going to hire a black. I want a black head coach. I just want to hire someone who I think is going to be successful here. Bet online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for fifty percent off your first deposit that is a 50 percent welcome bonus bet online where the game starts i also want to stop down because i i've talked to you before i read the article again uh you can read the article go to anscape.com it's the patriots uh head coach gerard mayo the rare black coach who rose through the ranks written by bill roden um you had a and you chronicle this in in the piece uh, where you talked about it. And uh, I've spent time with Bob Kraft. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, phenomenal man. Um, he's what this league should be about uh, in so many ways. And he said that he's colorblind, which he meant that to be 100% positive. Right. Um, if you know this, you could talk to some very educated and affluent, highly educated and accomplished 
African Americans who say, no, we look, we want to, there's some nuance there. We kind of want you to still see my color, but still believe in me at the same level. Right. Still believe that I am capable of accomplishing great things. Right. So it's okay to recognize color, uh, but it's not seen as a demerit, just like uh, Gerard Mayo talked about if someone um, was disabled and right. you hired them, or if it was a woman and you hired them. Can you see what they truly and really are, but still give them the high praise and confidence that they can get the job done at the highest level? And you talk to them about that. And uh, I, I would love to hear more about that from you. Yeah, and I think that was, the, I, I just thought it was so profound. It was really insightful on Mayo's part to clarify his position after the owner, by the way. I mean, remember, this is like their first public appearance, yeah. and he's kind of contradicting him, you know, where the owner says, well, I'm colorblind. And then Gerard says, well, you know, I do see color, because if you don't see color, you don't see racism. But I, I thought it was very insightful, because not just that, but like you said, you see people for who they are. If somebody's quote-unquote disabled, or you see these superficial markers, you don't use that superficiality to like as an excuse to not hire them. Mm -hmm. uh, you look beyond that, and as Kraft did. You know, he said, yeah. I've seen this guy. I've seen him coach. Yeah. He's been on my staff. I've mm -hmm. heard him. I've heard how he reacts to people. I think this is the person to lead this organization. And yeah, yeah I do want a Black person to lead this, but I ain't just gonna give the job away. That's <laughs> you right. know, that's I'm just right. gonna, you know, we, right. this ain't this is still the pros, right. you know. That's right. That's but, right. But but yeah. given all that, this guy checks all the boxes now. As you know, man, you know we just saw in another sport the Milwaukee Bucks just fired Adrian Griffin. Yeah, you know yeah, after yeah. like you know not even the All Star break. So at some point, you know it, the, you're on the clock. Yeah, you know got to perform, you know, got to deliver. Yeah, you got to perform. But you know one thing, Solid, we could maybe talk about this. I was really happy. I mean, I think maybe shortly after uh, I wrote this piece and we talked, um, the Raiders hired Antonio Pierce. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, man, this is really, maybe we are moving in a good, in a great direction. We got yeah. a bunch of young black quarterbacks coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, we got, you know, uh, you know, we'll have Mahomes and Lamar and all this good stuff. And then I was listening to a show and they were talking about how the direction the league is going is to hire offensive coordinators uh, to be head coaches. And they listed all these jobs, man, you know, you know what, uh, Shane Steichen, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, at the, at the guy at the LA Rams. Yeah. Um, Sean there were about seven of them. Yeah, in Philly, yeah. In, in Philly, there was there was almost about seven of them. Then the new guy who just got hired by uh, by uh, the um, the Bears, Tennessee Titans. Oh, the Niners. Um, yeah. You know, it's going to be. So I'm thinking, well, you know, uh, how are we? Are and then you have two guys. Uh, a guy just got fired from uh, Philadelphia. Uh, yeah. who's their offensive coordinator. Yeah. So I guess Brian I was thinking, Johnson, Brian yeah. Johnson. Yeah. So I was thinking, okay, well, it's good. And I'm glad we got two. Um, but as I'm listening to all this, it just seems like we still have a steep hill to climb. I mean, you know, as, as aspiring African-American head coaches, and they're talking about all these, now we're moving into the offensive coordinator. Once again, is a launching pad. So I don't know, man, what, that wasn't necessarily a question to you, but I know I was really pleased that Mayo got the job and that Pierce got the job, both defensive guys. But 
you know, are we going to make a real serious dent in this thing? I mean, I know we are eventually. I, yeah, I, I was really pleased that you um, brought out this really organic and nuanced conversation between yourself, Gerard Mayo, and the owner, Bob Kraft. Um, and it was, it seemed like it was a comfortable conversation, whereas many times there are people in the room can feel very awkward when there's a conversation surrounding race. And even to point out a successful moment uh, by someone who's African-American that someone else um, could see that maybe as boastful or cringeworthy. I think we have to be at a place now where we can have that nuanced conversation and, right. and grow as a result of it. Because as you well know, the reason why we sort of earmark these accomplishments because it wasn't always the case where mm -hmm. the opportunity was there for it to for it to be accomplished, and I mm -hmm. think that in and of itself is a celebration that that things are moving forward. Yeah, you know, you're right, and 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 Kraft, and you, but you've been around him, and he, you know, he's an easy guy to talk to about that. I mean, you know, he's yeah, he's 82 yeah. years old. I mean, he says, what yeah. am, what am I going to do? I'm 82 and I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> he's great. Come on, I absolutely man. love him. You he know, really what, is. what is there to be afraid? Yeah, we're right. gonna hold back on, and right. we're right. celebrating me just doing the right thing. So this is like a a, a flush, you know, yes. a royal flush, <laughs> a royal flush. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hey, look, I want to also just kind of ask you uh, the AFC Championship game. Let's move and uh, talk about the National Football League, and you talked about the playoffs. The AFC uh, Championship game is featuring Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes. In, in what way is this a significant game when we talk about the legacy of, of quarterbacks and the direction of where the game is headed? I mean, you look at uh, quarterbacks like uh, Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, now he's being mentioned at the top of the draft where when Lamar won his Heisman Trophy just a few years ago, <laughs> he, wasn't, he went at the bottom of the first round. And now the same kind of player, it's very similar in nature. It's being taken at the top of the draft. Caleb Williams at the top of the draft. In a lot of ways, Lamar, Lamar Jackson has given them a template or a prototype for what a new age quarterback looks like in the NFL. Even Patrick Mahomes has contributed to that. I would like to get your thoughts on that and, and how much this AFC title game, when these two quarterbacks take the field, play a role in the changing um, sort of um, – platform that we see uh, with quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. So I mean that's so perceptive of you. And you know, if you follow the history of this stuff as as you have and I have, you 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 know that's why we celebrate these moments. What that why we celebrated Gerard Mayo and yep. celebrated Pierce. You know, there yeah, I'm sure you get it too. You go on social media and be there you guys go. Oh that's talking about race. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm sure you get that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But if you follow the history of anything, but in our case the history yes. of the NFL, where we've evolved from that place where no blacks allowed. You know, gentlemen yeah. agree, you can't play at all. At then all. you can't play certain positions. And then you can't, you definitely can't play quarterback. And you see this evolution. And now you see where the thing is on in the process of changing three, almost, not quite, almost 360 degrees, where you say you went from, you can't play the position, but we need you to play this position. And I think why I am so, why I think Lamar Jackson is so important, 
that he represents more so even than, than, than Mahomes. He represents a lot of brothers, man, over 50 years who were these really athletic guys who were not allowed to play position. Guys like Lamar were like immediately switched to wide receiver, immediately switched to defensive yeah, back, yeah, immediately yeah. made running backs. Mm-hmm. And remember, even when Lamar got the, in the league, there were guys, well, you know, he's really big. He, he, did, he, he did hear about it, didn't oh, he? He heard it. He uh-huh. heard, and, he, and he still, it echoes. He still yeah. remembers that stuff. So, mm-hmm. I, but a guy like, they'll say, well, what about Mahomes? Well, <clears throat> Mahomes is a really good athlete, but he's not the kind of athlete who they would have made a defensive back That's right. or a That's wide right. receiver. He wasn't That's that right. guy. He, you know, he's like yeah. the baseball player kind of athleticism. That's right. You know, That's where right. Lamar is the kind of guy who in, a, in another light, like a Marlon Briscoe, never would have gotten past first base. That's right. And so I think that's why it's so significant for a guy like that to yeah. be in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and to actually, I mean, look, I'm, I'm forking, there ain't no guarantee he's getting past it. <laughs> it's, it's hard to get him past my homes now. <laughs> Man, that's, that's, that's a lot, brother. I mean, that's a lot. Right against this guy. But – but for my purposes, for the purposes of a storyteller, yeah, you know, yeah. he does represent a great narrative. So, yeah, that's why I, saw, I think it's so significant. Mm-hmm. And to have, I mean, last year we had what? We had Jalen Hurts and yeah. Pat Mahomes. That's right. You know, yeah. this year, well, in AFC, we're going to have uh, Mahomes and Jackson. And I just think it's a really, really significant game uh, for all those reasons, because you see two brothers who play the position, and that's great. It's just like black folks. We come in all shapes, sizes, colors, intellects. Talents, abilities, right? (laughs) Yeah, we're all over the place. And so this is great. You see Mahomes, Mm -hmm. brothers, you know, dad's black, mom's white. Uh, A guy like Lamar raised, you know, single mom. His dad died when he was young. Mm -hmm. But boom, 2024, here we are. We're both at that mountaintop, you know, and I think it's great. That, that leads me to this question, because the Offensive Rookie of the Year to me is hands down C.J. Stroud. Um, C.J. Stroud played at Ohio State, um, had a great rookie season. Not enough, I don't think enough people even know maybe what he went through in his early years. Yeah. And the story of his father and what he's overcome. And I when I read the story, it made me so proud of him because I, you know, I grew up in Compton, California. I know what it is to have those early struggles in life and still be focused on your goals and not, not be deterred one way or the other. You pursue a higher education, become a better person so that you can have a career so that you can take care of yourself and your family, right? Um, and here's a young man whose father was committed to a life sentence as he's going into high school. He's living above a storage unit in an apartment through his high school years in Rancho Cucamonga in California, where nearby where I went to high school, by the way. Huh. And he walks the straight and narrow. He, um, he, he, he does what he needs to do to have opportunities, right, to change his life, and he cashes in on it. And right. just as he's about to cash in on it, it'd be a high draft pick, you know what? He's, he's hearing talks that he doesn't have the aptitude yeah, to right. play the position. Yeah. And I watched as he was drafted, he, he, when he hugged the commissioner and he walked across that stage, he had tears in his eyes because he realized that by that much, it could have been taken away, not by his merit, 
by his merit, he earned the right to have the opportunity to play in this league. But yet there were still things being brought up to try to snatch that opportunity away. And when he had a chance to do it, the Texans, uh, they overlooked all of what was said. They drafted him and look at the season that he produced. What, what comes to mind as you encapsulate that entire story? And what does that tell you about this young man? It, it tells it tells not not him but almost the, the history of black people man in in this country. I mean, whenever I see some, whether it's Barack Obama or anybody, and I, I just think of our history in this country and everything that you had to overcome to be great because it's not it's not laid out for us. It's almost like every black person I see who's like a CEO said, you know, you weren't supposed to be doing this. This was not laid out. For you they're, to do this, they're they're a unicorn, right? That's yeah. kind of the term. <laughs> yeah, you call a unicorn. How would you survive? How would you let that happen? And so when you see the narrow to sports, when you see a guy like C.J. Stroud, there are a lot of stories like that. Yes, I mean, Lamar was not exactly like that single mother, but when you see what this brother has accomplished, yeah. he, he like you said, he easily easily could have been derailed. That's he right. easily could have gotten caught up in the system. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he didn't, he's spiritually grounded, yes. you know, is, 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 is to me is just is beyond a great story. I think yeah. it's a story of yeah. of resilience. Mm-hmm. It's a story of not being deterred. Uh, it's just it's just it's, it's an American story. And I also think without getting too political, yeah. uh, but getting a little political, uh, when <laughs> I when I think of what happened to uh, a, a black woman who was a president of Harvard. Mm-hmm. And somebody was clearly targeted. And I just think that we need, as, as, as people and as Black people, we need to celebrate our each other at a yeah. time when, man, people are kind of coming for you. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if, you, if you are perceived as having achieved something, I think we need to really celebrate each other. Celebrate C.J. Stroud. Celebrate yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Celebrate uh, Lamar Jackson. You know, so I, I'm so happy you brought up C.J. Stroud because you talked to the guy, man. Yeah. Man, great kid. Great kid. Great kid, man. Even yeah. keel. Yes. Uh, yes. Optimistic after the game uh, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. He really had great things to say about Lamar. Yeah. Uh, and again, it kind of flows in that thing about Lamar getting older. You know, <laughs> That's right. Because, That's right. I mean, this guy's only 20. Yeah. I think he's like four or five years younger than Lamar. Mm-hmm. But man, when I was in high school, I'm looking up to this guy. You know, yeah. you know, and so, but he said that he, he really praised Lamar. So again, it's just one of those things of how you, you, if you see it, you can be it and how we are all each other's inspiration. So, yeah. you know, uh, I'm sure if you have him on the show or when he, his movie comes out, we'll there's find you. out right? who he looked at. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no doubt we all grow up and we have those inspirational people that we looked at and say, wow, if I could only just be that, but it provides the inspiration for it to become believable and something that you can truly achieve uh, by watching um, a certain individual. It just inspires you and captures you at that moment. And you could tell that this CJ Stroud, this kid is inspired. I think he had one of the great rookie campaigns we've ever seen in NFL history by a rookie quarterback. Something tells me we're going to be getting some more now. Uh, that kid, he has uh, unique talents, and I think he's a very unique person. I want to talk to you. Lastly, my last question is about those Detroit Lions. We're seeing things happen that hadn't happened in Detroit for their 
football team since the 1950s. <laughs> Come on, man. This, I mean, it's a long time. They're one of four teams in the NFL that has never even been to a Super Bowl. I know. Uh, two, two of those teams are really expansion teams, the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? But to be around that long, never been in a Super Bowl, um, it tells you about the long suffering of, of those fans there. Um, if they should win uh, out West against the 49ers, what will that mean for the head coach, Dan Campbell? What will that mean for the team and for the town of the people in the city of Detroit? Well, if that happens, Campbell may be the next mayor of, of Detroit. That's right. That's <laughs> right. right. But clearly, at, at least the mayor. That's you know, right. Now, it's, you know, it's such a great story. So, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when when the Lions were actually fearsome. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. when they they had those those Thanksgiving brawls with the Green Bay Packers and the Bears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think whenever you have what did it say, uh, uh, the weakest link. I forget what the right is. Something like the weakest. The strongest thing is the weakest link. When the weakest link, whatever it is, I'm screwing it up. I slipped to that part of English lit. But <laughs> unlike you, who stayed awake, but it's all right. You know, um, but it's just a great story, man. And if mm-hmm. Detroit, and I think they have, they had to look at that Green Bay game, and all of a sudden be fortified. Then wait a minute, that's these right. guys can be had. Now I know that that's the wrong thing to do, but it had to be. You see. A Green Bay team, and with Jordan Love, by the way, going out there in a monsoon. That's right. Coming within a couple, a couple missed field goals yeah. and a couple bad decisions by dethroning San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it'll be a great story. Now, when you were tearing that narrative, I'm thinking, well, what do the ratings people say? Do the ratings? Is that what the ratings people want? Do the ratings want? I, I guess they can live with that, right? Detroit and. Detroit's a big market now. Whomever, yeah, it's yeah, a big, right. it's a big media market, right? And uh, and they they do have a presence. I mean, they can they can move the needle. Let's just yeah. say that, which is why they've always been on Thanksgiving Day, right? Right. You know, and so given the right components, now look, San Francisco. This will be their nineteenth NFC Championship game, so they are clearly one of the blue bloods, if you will. Right. But there was a time, as you recall, where the Detroit Lions won four championships in the 50s. Yeah. Uh, the last one was in 1957. And as we always say, they've been rebuilding since 1957. <laughs> it's, taking, it's taking a while. It's taking a while. But um, Dan Campbell is truly something special. You know, he comes from that Bill Parcells tree. This is a guy. He's a Texas A&M guy. He's just a good, hardcore football guy. And um, what he demands from his players, they seem to have adopted that personality. There's, It's not lost on me that since he got with Jared Goff, Jared Goff is a different cat now, Bill. Right. Bill. Right. He, he's, he walks different. He talks different. He plays different. As a result, we always say players and teams take on the personality of their head coach. Um, there's no doubt in my mind Dan Campbell has given the California cool kid Jared Goff who's from the Bay Area, by the way. Uh, He's giving him a little blue-collar toughness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you hear, I mean, you know, chickens came home to roost when when the Rams came in to play them. That's right, that's right. And and, and again, man, we we, we talked about uh, uh, Stroud and who he believed in. Mm -hmm. And you've known in your own life, man, when you finally get somebody who really believes in you, it can be transformative. 
Yes. As, as you've, you've had somebody like that in your life, I've had people like that in my yeah. life. When you come across somebody who really believes in you, maybe more than you've believed in yourself, yes. who's, who's seen something in you that maybe you didn't see. They pull and it out. Huh? <laughs> they pull yeah. it out of you. Yeah, they pulled it out. I said, man, and you said, I don't know, you know, you had a guy like golf, and we all saw it. You know, yeah. first round pick goes to the Rams, leads them to, you know, leads them to the Super Bowl. But uh, I heard, um, uh, man, you have all these senior moments. Uh, the Rams coach, uh, McVay. Sean McVay, yeah. All but apologized to him. When it, I guess because he was going to Detroit. Well, this may be about the time. <laughs> so he was getting it in before he went out there to yeah, kind of tear down the temperature on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Let me got to be a little preemptive here, you know. But to say, you know, yeah, I could have done a better job. I could have. We could have handled that the right way. But you're right. You know, you know, uh, Campbell said, "Look, man, grow up, man. I mean, you know, this is like let's get tough about this stuff." That's so, right. that's again, right. that's a great story, too. And I, I guess if you want to stretch it to even Brock Purdy, yeah. uh, that's that's another thing. I mean, before we get to all the weapons he's got, that's fine. I mean, we could talk about the weapons. Mm -hmm. But again, even if you got all the weapons, you got to know how to shoot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you, yeah. You could be given all the weapons, but if you're still like yep. shooting up a little ceiling or something, you know. But to imagine, man, being the last cat draft, being called Mr. Irrelevant. You know, yeah, how, that does that, cool. how does that sound? Even even though you're in the league and you get drafted, but to be Mr. Irrelevant wow. and to be in that point where you're on the verge of going to the Super Bowl. So everybody's got something, something. I mean, you know, whether yeah. it's Lamar, whether it's golf, whether it's Purdy. Now, I'm not sure what um, Patrick, I mean, Mahomes, I guess. I don't know if we have to kind of go deep in this to, to find out who doubted him. <laughs> you know, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think not, they kind of many doubts there. There weren't a lot of doubts, doubts there, you know. Yeah, but I would say this: Brock Purdy, the two hundred and sixty-second pick, right. the last pick in the last round of the twenty twenty-two draft class, yeah. and then he's going up against uh, Jared Goff, who was the first overall pick right. in twenty sixteen. So right. that's what you have it. Um, and, and look, nobody's going to say that the 49ers are David versus Goliath. This is right. These are two really good teams. And even Detroit uh, boasts an offense uh, that scored 30 points in nine of their games this season and 40 or more points in three games. Yeah. So they, they've got fireworks on the offense and they've got a bedrock defense that can flat out play. Hey, Bill, uh, great uh, visit with you. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he's a great journalist. He's a great columnist. He's a great author. The great Bill Roden joining us right here on the Believe in Bingo podcast on Bally Sports Ohio. Uh, we look forward to you joining us again next time. We'll see you, everyone. Hey, man. Pleasure. Take care, Sal. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.